Here is a conversation that I have been sitting on for a while. We had this conversation, Sarah and I, back in August. It's now November when I'm recording the introduction. And at that moment in time, was a lot was shifting for me. And this is when I was really starting to question my business and I was starting to take space for my business. And for me in that moment in time, there was so much shame that I was experiencing because for me, I didn't realize how much my self-worth and my identity was attached to the success of my business. And so during that time in the summer, I really started to explore feelings of shame because especially when I closed my business, I was experiencing feelings of failure. I was experiencing feelings of, you know, I didn't realize how much my um, business brought me happiness. And, you know, because when things were going really well, I was in a good place. And so I made it mean a lot of stuff about myself that when my business was successful, then I was the happiest, right? And I'm still diving into a lot of these experiences of shame. And I want to share with you, if you're listening to this conversation at any moment in time, and maybe you're starting to feel some heavy emotions, that relate to you I mean honestly it's okay and just having so much compassion with yourself Um, over the period of time when I've been really exploring my own journey with shame one of the things that I really really liked and one of the perspectives that helped me find peace in a lot of my past was this concept I learned from my amazing uh, rapid resolution uh, therapist and her name is Meg and she was like if we entertain a lot of these ideas about shame right we're we're assuming that things should have been different things should be different or we should experience them in in a different way something should or shouldn't have happened and it was so powerful because as I started exploring this concept of shame I was reading a lot of books and when I was reading a lot of books and absorbing a lot of information about it I started to feel almost worse about some certain things in my life and the shame almost became heavier and I want to share this concept with you because it really allowed me to move through some of my own experiences of shame right when we realize that everything happened for a specific reason for us to learn those tools and skills and all the things it really helped me see that things should not have actually been different than they were everything happened exactly as it was meant to in that moment in time because there were certain things that I was meant to learn from that and it was a really beautiful uh, perspective shift. For example, I know I talk a lot about how, um, you know, my dad left and it was almost like in the summer, I had all of this angst that came back up and I was fucking angry because I was like, well, my life should be different because he never should have left. And it's his fault that these things happened. And so it was almost like I opened this can of worms back up and I was diving deep into it and really sitting in these deep, dark emotions of shame. And when I... um, went to speak with um Meg she was like yeah but you're assuming that things should have been different but in that moment of time she really started to help me understand how everybody is doing the best that they can with the tools that they have and it really started to help me see the perspective that in my experience with my father nothing should have been different it should have planned it should have gone the way that it did exactly as it was right nothing should have been different about it because in that moment of time it was just that experience and those relationships that we have with people there's certain reasons they have understandings and certain thing and certain um reasons for why we experience those connections and it's all because if you were in that person's shoes and had the exact same life experiences as this other person who maybe caused a lot of pain or um suffering to you there was no other 
outcome that could have happened because if you were in their shoes you would have done the exact same thing because you would have had the exact same life experiences and your the neural pathways in your brain would have connected in that moment um to doing those exact things that that led to that moment where maybe you experienced harm or something happened to you so I really want to share this conversation because it is really important to understand in our lives how shame is showing up and Sarah is an absolute expert at that and really starting to create curiosity about how we can move through some of these emotions so I wanted to share this conversation with you like I mentioned if you feel at any point that um it's a heavy conversation or things start to come up for you. You know, I highly recommend like when I was experiencing these things for me, it felt really fucking intense in the time when it was all happening, um, you know, to seek professional help and work with someone that can support you. And, you know, Sarah is a great, great example of what that can look like, whether you decide to work with her or not, it's just starting to explore um, these emotions. So for me, our RT was really, really powerful in terms of this perspective. Um, so I just really love this conversation. So I want to introduce you to Sarah Lajeunesse. She is a certified and award-winning coach, speaker, and schmealer, which means shame healer. So her work is focused on helping humans heal the areas of shame in their lives. In their lives, she believes guilt and shame are the two most fundamental internal causes that contribute to people remaining in unwanted or disempowering circumstances and that ultimately prevent them from experiencing greater and richer quality of life that's possible. Sarah's one-to-one work, her workshops and speaking engagements are designed to support people to better understand the ways that disempowering emotions limit us in both our personal and professional lives and subsequently how to begin releasing those emotions. Hello, hello, hello. It's Anne-Marie and this is the podcast where we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time and there is no in-between. This is the podcast where you're going to find the most outrageous stories that are going to make you laugh your ass off and also the place that you're going to come to feel so inspired to do the crazy ass shit in your life that you've been dreaming of having the courage to do. So now that you're here, buckle up and let's fucking go. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the ADHD Refresh. I am so freaking excited for this conversation. I have the amazing Sarah. How do I say your last name, Sarah? Lajeunesse. Lajeunesse, amazing. The one and only Schmieler, which I'm so excited (laughs) to talk about your work. (laughs) I love that you say it because some people don't. They try to skirt over it as if assuming that uh, if I use a made up word, it will discount the credibility of any of my guests. So I appreciated that you acknowledge it. It's the most important word in my bio. <laughs> it's like, actually, I saw that and I was like, Schmieler, I'm so down for it. So it is a shame healer for those who are listening. And yeah, I was just so drawn to bring you on because my beautiful friend Hannah introduced me to your work and I started to deep dive into it and I was like, holy cow, this is everything. And I think so many people don't realize how shame impacts them. And especially in terms of like ADHD, how society conditions us into believing there is essentially something wrong with us, quote unquote. Um, So I guess to like, yeah, begin, I would love if you could just like tell us a little bit about about your background. Like how did you get into the aspect of schmealing? 
Healing. Great question. Um, so first <laughs> off, just thanks for having me, Amory. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, love Hannah. Um, and yeah, so my previous career was actually in professional sports, interestingly enough. So polar opposite of Schmeling, uh, a very male dominated industry. I did corporate partnerships and marketing. And so um, my entire life goal from when I was, I think, 13 or 14, it was the Nike headquarters. So that was my path. And um, I got to this point and it doesn't matter, you know, I say the surface level symptom doesn't matter of what society dictates as not being enough. It will have the same effect, whether it's ADHD, whether it's um, a very sensitive woman that works in a very male dominated office. Uh, when we are constantly sourcing our worth and validation from external circumstances, it will never be satiated. It will never be enough. And so um, you know, I've heard a bit and, you know, listened to some of your podcast episodes and some of the incredible work that you do and just what you highlighted where society says, well, your brain doesn't operate normally. Therefore, it's just shame. And I think a lot of people don't understand what really shame is. They hear this ugly word. They think it doesn't apply to them. Um, but ultimately, shame is is simply a disempowering emotion, one of the heaviest uh, and disempowering emotions um, that make us feel like we are not enough exactly yep. as we are. And yeah. in that state, we will constantly search outside of ourselves in order for, you know, to get that worthiness in order to be deemed enough. So in my own experience, um, I saw how a certain leadership style was portrayed. I saw um, men in suits. I saw, you know, very stoic, very, you know, to the point. And um, I'm a, a sensitive uh, <laughs> kid at heart. Um, I feel emotions very deeply. I'm a very introspective person. Um, and we had incredibly long hours, sometimes 16 hour days, uh, every weekend. And it was around the clock where in my mind, if I ever said the words, I can't do this, then they would simply just get rid of me. And they had 500 other resumes on their desk the next day of people who are willing to do that work, um, in an industry that was quote unquote sexy or the people would be willing to sacrifice their health or, you know, whatever. So I, at that point I was pushing away my family members and friends. I was or sacrificing my health and wellness. I was forcing myself to get up for the gym at five, working until sometimes two in the morning, um, just living on coffee and just whatever food um, if I ate. Uh, and on the surface, it, it looked like I was very successful. So I had just you know, received a top five under 25 to watch across Canada in the sports industry. Um, I was being approached and interviewing with other league head offices, with other teams, NHL. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. Another league. Um, and on the surface, again, things looked good. But every single morning, I actually woke up feeling deeply unfulfilled, incredibly isolated and alone. Um, I used to say borderline. I try to fluff it up, but severely depressed. Um, and every single morning, just wondering what is the purpose of mm -hmm. all of this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you know, you said, uh, you know, we're talking about universal messages before this. Uh, I, I firmly believe that we are given signs if we are open to receiving them and listening to them. Um, but I was not listening to them. <laughs> the time. So I had to get a very rude awakening. Like I was pushing family members away, people who are, you know, Sarah, it just, you don't seem like you're very healthy or, you know, we, you know, well-intentioned loved ones. I just stopped making time for my partner who I thought mm -hmm. I was going to marry at the time. Um, we, we parted ways because of my inability to stay offline. 
Wow. Um, connected. So um, I, I eventually, you know, all of the stuff is collapsing around me and I get to a yoga studio. It's like, you know, typical um, quarter life crisis for a woman in her twenties ends up at a yoga studio. So I get to yoga studio one morning and in the first two minutes, I just collapse and I sprint to the change room and I just start vomiting, shaking and sobbing uncontrollably. Wow. So I remember one of the workers brought me to the back room at the time and she's dabbing this little washcloth or this wet washcloth on my face. And I remember thinking I'm 24 years old. And at this time I have heart monitors strapped to my chest when I'm going to work to monitor severe anxiety attacks I've been having. And I just think if this is what success looks like, um, I not only do I not want it, but I don't even think I can survive it. And so I think that sent me on this, um, you know, path of determining you know, the existential questions of who am I? What do I want my life to be about? Um, I was craving doing something meaningful in the world. Um, and that set me on this trajectory where I started not only, you know, I, I at the time, my partner, uh, he pointed me in the direction of who is now someone who is still my mentor seven uh, or eight years later. Um, just this absolutely batshit crazy guy. We'll get into him later on. Um, but it was him who had a ruthless intolerance and in letting me settle for anything less than a life what I truly deserved and what I wanted for myself. And so all of those layers that build up over time, whether it's ADHD, whether it's a woman in a very male dominated, whatever the message that you don't belong, that you're wrong, that you're bad, that who you are is not enough. It builds up like layers of an onion to a point where we get so disconnected from who we truly are. Um, our, our sense of self-esteem is lost. We can't yes. do the things that we used to. We, we don't feel powerful um, or capable. Um, we settle or we accept and ultimately expect um, disempowering situations. I say from the boardroom to the bedroom and everywhere in between. Um, and so after working with hundreds of people, it didn't matter. I work with teens now. I do work with men's groups. I've done work in prisons. Um, I've done you know talks in Europe, in the US, in Canada. And what I started realizing was at its core, the common thread that linked every single person together uh, was that when we feel like we are not enough, um, it is all rooted in either guilt or shame. And that is what set in motion my schmealing uh, yeah. work. <laughs> Longer, my stories are never concise. I, I try. Oh. But but I think it's, I think it's really good, right? Because in storytelling, so much um, connection allows, you know, it allows so much connection. And I think your story is so beautiful because I, I even told you before, after I heard your story for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like everything started to think like patterns that I was in or things that I was doing and, you know, asking myself exactly those questions, like being in this industry, you know, I think in the coaching industry, we're starting to ask ourselves those questions and we're really aware of like triggers and all the things and whatever. But yeah, I was starting to ask myself, like, what is it all for? You know, like, exactly. You've got the success. You've got everything. You've got this, you've got that, like got the perfect body, got the, you know, the business, you got the perfect house, the perfect this, the perfect that. And then you're like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, why am I not like elated? Why do I not have that feeling? Right. And it's because we're trying to curate all these things. We've been taught um, that that is what makes us feel whole. That is what makes us feel complete. And when we get there, then we're going to feel like we've made it and we've got enough. And you're going to have this overwhelming sense of I've arrived. And it's mm -hmm. just, 
not the case, right? And I think it's so beautiful because everybody has it and it unfolds in different ways, right? Um, and different different points in our lives. And it comes when you're almost ready for it, I think. So I love that so much. So yeah, yeah I guess what, like after this realization that, you know, you, you, you had this anxiety attack, you had this panic attack in the yoga studio, what I guess led you into like realizing or your own journey of, I guess the healing. Yeah. Great question. Um, so everyone has, like I talked about, I talk about those layers. Um, so I'm going to give you a, an example of a story from a woman, we'll call her Laura, uh, for all intents and purposes. So if you have a hand, you can do this exercise. If you have a piece of paper, you can do this exercise. Um, but every single time I go into work with a client and I, uh, I start all of my client programs with, uh, a full immersive, it's 10 to 12 hours in person. Um, and that's where, you know, we dive into the thick of things. And so I do this exercise with them. So this is a, a pretty interesting, um, and enlightening tool when you look at it. So, um, someone first, and I will get to, I'm a, a rounded approach getting to your answer or getting to your question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a young woman comes to me and, uh, she wants to work on her business. And so this is very similar to my my own story. This is similar to, you know, to what you're saying. You've done all, you know, you've, you're checking all these boxes. Um, what now, why, why am I not feeling this state of happiness or fulfillment or the inner peace that the world or they, whoever they is told me um, would happen. And so this is why I reached out to, to my mentor. Um, first I was, I was looking for, I think, business tips and tricks at the time. Um, again, my partner at the time, he, he was like, yeah, just reach out to this guy. I, I just oh, wanted I to go deeper with my own work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I to go deeper with my own work. And I was like, but I need support with my business. Yeah. Um, he has never answered it pissed me off for the longest time. He never answered a single question about business. And he's like, it's not, it's never what um, people say the problem is about. Whatever comes out of someone's, it, it's so much more. Whatever our, our uh, I'll get into that part in a second. Anyways, um, so uh, something that uh, the first time I walked in and I'm expecting this, you know, big boisterous, um, you know, kind of t- Tony Robbins, you know, expecting loud and, you know, out there and powerful and all this. And I don't know, I think he's like five, five, he's bald, he, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's wearing this tacky Hawaiian t-shirt and, and khaki <laughs> cargo shorts and these sneakers with these socks pulled up. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what, what is it? What, what is he going to help me with? And he looks me dead in the eyes and, you know, he, he said, oh, hello. And I, I smile, I say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Sarah. And he looks at me dead in the eyes and he says, how long have you been fooling people with a smile on your face that doesn't reach your eyes? Oh. And I was like, who is this fucker? Excuse me. I asked you in advance. But I said, <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? I'm going to grab my backpack. I'm going to head out of here. I want nothing to do with this. Like, who does he think he is? Um, and something just stopped me from walking away in that moment. And I just broke down and started crying. And it wasn't because he said something that triggered me or anything else. It was for the first time in my life, I actually felt seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many of us see on social media and this, that, and the other thing, just, you know, bright smile. We have no idea of the suffering that's going on underneath, underneath. the surface. Yes. Um, and so there had been so many experiences in my life that had pushed me to this point again, whether it was the anxiety attacks, the heart monitor strapped to my chest, I'm monitoring my heart rate, you know, all of these things. Um, 
so desperate for, again, I had spent over a decade in this career trying to get to Nike headquarters. I never stopped to consider, you know, to myself, am I even excited about this work? Am I even passionate? I wasn't, there wasn't a single fiber in my being that still wanted me to be there. Um, but I was basing all of my decisions based on external approval or external validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah. again, then what kind of got me into this work, landed me with him, it, it was a recognition that typically what is going on on the surface, none of it actually matters. Um, it is an adaptation or a compensation um, for whatever has disconnected or separated us from that innate, powerful, capable, and whole, a hundred percent whole individual that we are all at our core. Yeah. So while my work started in the, you know, women's leadership space and women's event and all of that's, that's wonderful. And, and that work is important. Um, where I actually witnessed my own transformation is continuously working through and healing some of these layers of guilt and shame and experiences from my past, Uh, that was actually preventing me from moving forward. It didn't matter what I wanted. I I was capable. I knew exactly what, you know, people know, drink eight glasses of water a day, get seven to eight hours of sleep, have your leafy greens, do all the things, exercise three to four times a week. Um, Why do we live in a world of so much suffering? Yeah. Why in in the States is there uh, an obesity pandemic? Um, there, There is something so much deeper going on underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, And I firmly believe that yes, there are external circumstances at play, but I deal with uh, the two most disempowering emotions that yeah. keep us in those unwanted or, or disempowering states. So um, again, another long-winded way, but it was, that was my biggest transformation is, uh, and where I saw the most power, I knew what to do for my business. People know what to do, show up, whether it's social media, we were talking about this, whether it's social media, whether it's um, going door to door, whether it's doing workshops or making a hundred cold calls and still being willing to persevere even if you get 99 no's, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're terrified of failure. We're terrified of rejection. And it's because of, we've received constant messaging in, over our entire life that reinforces this ability or reinforces this belief. Either you suck, you don't belong, you're not enough. Um, you know, you'll never make it. Don't even try. Yeah. Yes. It's so, uh, interesting because for myself personally, kind of like the deep dive that I've been going on lately is, really delving into yeah emotions and i think that our society really doesn't um like give enough attention to our emotional well-being because for so many years i rejected that i even had emotions or even had feelings um especially being a woman because i perceived it as being weak right and so not necessarily just women, but people in general, like we have these things that happen to us in our lives and we carry them with us. And because it's emotional or it's because it's in the past, we think that we're over it and we haven't processed it. And it's so interesting because I'm realizing that everything comes back to our emotional well-being. And it's kind of like what you're saying, our being able to process and let go of emotions like guilt and shame and not allowing it to make something, to make it mean something about who we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and even on that note if I can add something it's not just um because it's again our, our world and you said this society deals with or loves to deal with the surface level symptom yeah I yes. work with um people who have whether it's alcohol addictions porn addictions bulimia schizophrenia um whether it's cutting um you know there's a, a long trail of of symptoms that I've seen when people first come to me and they say I have this 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 um, 
you know, whether it's, and I, like I said, I do some work with teens, uh, the amount of bulimia, anorexia, cutting, again, the surface level symptom doesn't matter. There's a lot of psychologists yeah. that say, okay, it's, you know, the different, that it's, it's all a surface level symptom of a moment in time where someone believes that they are not enough. Yes. We need to get, when we feel powerless within ourselves, we have to gain yeah. power or control of something external. Shame yeah. causes, uh, it manifests itself. It has to manifest itself in either a harm towards others or harm towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, all that is to say, so we get someone, um, say it's someone uh, with, you know, they're, they're binging and purging. Okay. So we sit them down. We're going to deal with the surface level symptom, which is um, they just need to swallow their food. So we're going to sit with them at the table. We're going to watch them chew. We're going to lock the bathrooms or we're going to escort them to the bathroom. We're going to cut up their cards. And I've seen people, this has been a parent's approach. Um, and what we have done and, and at the end, oh my God, you know, she swallowed the food. Same thing with uh, uh, alcoholism. Um, someone goes to rehab facility. We've taken the bottle out of their hands. We've taken the bottle, you know, we've cut up their cards, whatever it is. Hallelujah. We've solved the problem. We've removed the alcohol or we've stopped the binging, whatever it is, we, we have the solution. And we have not dealt with all of the surface level symptoms that have led up to a point in their life in which they needed to, whether it's relying on, or that it has some form of escapism. Every human being has a vice. Yeah. Every yes. single human being. Yeah. Um, so again, our, our society wants a quick fix. They want, you know, a quick, you know, uh, a pill that gets, gets rid of the problem. And very rarely do we actually stop to process how many um, or how much of our past was actually like you said, there, there's something in, um, you know, how, how many disempowering situations that led to all of these emotional barriers. Um, and it's not just from emotional standpoint, uh, it can actually lead to disease and illness. So um, speaking to a woman, uh, and she was the one who vocalized this, not me. She said, Sarah, it was shame that actually prevented me from getting help. She had stage four cancer. She didn't want to tell any of her family. She felt guilt. She felt shameful. Um, she had lived a life where she believed that uh, she was always too much, where other people around her were taking care of her. She was always an inconvenience. She was always a burden. Um, she got all these signs from her body. There's something going on. Um, by the time she got to the hospital, actually, she was forced to go in. Uh, and, you know, at that point, it's very late. It's a late stage. Um, but she believed, you know, had had it not been for shame and not wanting to burden my family or be too much or be an inconvenient, perhaps I would have gone in sooner. Mm -hmm. So it's an incredibly powerful emotion um, that again, can keep us from getting healthy. Yeah. Stepping out of relationships, walking away from the job, whatever it is. I love that you say this so much because on my journey of overcoming my symptoms of ADHD, there was so much uh, like, shame that I had to work through as well. And also being so connected with our bodies and listening to what it's telling you, right? It's not uh, something that's meant to be numbed. And that's what happens is people take Adderall to numb the symptoms that you're experiencing, but your body is not letting you down. Your brain is not letting you down. It's trying to ask for your attention of like, hi, this is happening because there's some, some type of equilibrium that's not happening. And it's just so important that I think people start to understand this because when you deal with the underlying issue, everything else starts to change, whether it's the like racing thoughts is a huge one. I ask my clients just the simplest thing, just stop for a second. What are your racing thoughts actually about? 
oh, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't get enough done in my schedule today. You know, it turns into this huge spiral of comparison. And when you just bring attention to it, sometimes it's like, do you actually need to be doing all those things? Do you need to take on all those projects? Do you need to be doing everything at the same time? Because it's just exactly like what you say, coming from a place of not trusting, not having the enoughness. And, you know, especially with the business strategies, like I get it, I started in the transformational space with mentors and then started going into business mentorship. And it was like, you, you have the success in the short period of time. And then you realize you're deeply unfulfilled because you're doing it with someone else's template. You're not doing it in the way that lights you up and that makes you feel good in the way that you're supposed to bring it into the world with your unique flair or messaging or how you say it and how you do it. And yeah, so it just, it resonates so much with all of you, with what you're saying. Well, and, and I realized I, I got started on explaining this concept and then I went to various directions, <laughs> but, but the idea this concept was whether you, you know, you draw this little circle on your palm or on a piece of paper and that's oh, yeah. who we are when we're born. That's right. our core essence. Um, in that space, um, we're in a space of unconditional love, of hope, of possibility, of trust, um, of wholeness, right? We're, we're, we're enough exactly as we are. We're, we're deeply attuned to our power and our self-esteem. Again, over times, whether it's well-intentioned loved ones, whether it's, um, you know, it could be athletic coaches, teachers, peers, siblings, religious institutions, whoever, um, there's some sort of message that we receive. And that starts to add, again, you could just add a, a little circle. So again, I'll tell you, you know, this, um, this gentleman, and it reminded me of the story that you were just saying about, you know, the racing thoughts and the comparison and everything. Um, he is, he's obsessed with working out, works out two to three times a day. He comes from a professional, um, sports background. Um, uh, he's won the, the Stanley cup before this guy's extremely su successful in the world of appearance, incredibly successful, has a beautiful wife, has more money than he knows what to do with. Um, but yet when we get him in these 10 to 12 hour days, what I like to do is I like to have people kind of draw what's going on internally. We're very good at, you know, this kind of linear logical, you know, writing things down, but it's the visuals. That's what communicates with our subconscious. So we can actually see what's going on internally with someone. Um, this man is wrapped in chains in his drawing. Um, he has a peg stuck into the ground. He's carrying the weight of the world. He has a 10 million pound barbell on his shoulders in the world. And so you can actually see the visual representation of the weight he's holding. And he's saying, you know, how, how about some more liquor? Is that enough? How about some more pills? How about some more women? Is that enough? Um, why, you know, it's getting dark. It's so dark in here. Why am I so alone? And so you can actually see again in the world of appearance on the social media standpoint, very happy, very successful, wealthy, you know, all the stuff. Um, at a very young age, uh, you know, there was some abuse. Um, at a very young age, uh, he had, you know, some challenges with his father. Uh, telling him he was never enough. Um, sometimes, whether it was verbal, whether, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, fast forward a couple of years, yeah, there's some bullying. He's a bit small for his size, so he gets bullied a lot. He says, you only make the team um, because, you know, you're a favor, you have an in or whatever it is. Um, so he's getting all this message. Fast forward a couple of years, um, something humiliating happens at the school. Um, he's climbing, I don't know if you know one of those ropes. Yeah. Uh, in a gym class, it's old school. He's climbing up one of those. Um, a kid pants him and he freezes. He starts pissing himself. Uh, instead of the teacher going and protecting him and coming out, she's screaming at him, you 
bleepity blah, 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 you know, like get down here. That's disgusting. Um, the kid can barely, uh, you know, even function. He's so embarrassed. His parents have to send him to a, um, a private school. It's a lot of money, but he's, he's too ashamed. He's so ashamed to come back. He can't, he can't, you know, um, face his peers. Uh, so all of a sudden now there's a lot more fights going on in the house because of the added financial there's financial shame he now has if it wasn't for me if it wasn't for this stupid pissing incident if it wasn't for this my parents wouldn't be fighting anymore and all of these and you could just see that's barely scratching the surface of all of these layers of an onion I call them the circles the circles of self-betrayal and Mm -hmm. they further step away so now he's at this point no amount of money is enough no amount of women is enough no amount of booze is enough um, no amount of fitness, you know, is, he's a fit guy, but it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few, you know, a few years later, and we do so I call them my soul sessions, and, you know, everything else. Um, he works out less. Uh, he eats more treats. And he has these moments where he just looks out into, you know, he can see from his office, the beautiful skyline of the city. Um, and he just tears well up just at the beauty of the world like my mentor always said, the sun is always shining. We're the ones that hold the umbrella up to it. Yeah. So that inner peace, that love, that capability, that compassion towards ourselves, that power, that self-esteem, it is always there. It has just been masked Mm -hmm. over the years of all of these layers of separation. Yeah. It's so powerful. So how, um, essentially do, you know, we start peeling back some of these layers of healing. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. (laughs) Great question. Um, So uh, the way I explain it, and first before anything is so much extra grace and compassion and love to yourself than you have ever experienced in your life that you've ever been willing to give yourself in your life. Um, I did a workshop on New Year's this year where someone puts up their hand. They're like, Sarah, Uh, just thinking and like looking, you know, she did the diagram too. She's like, I have hundreds of thousands of layers. I can't even remember all of them now. Um, You know, and it's, it can be overwhelming to say, am I going to be spending the rest of my life, you know, uh, releasing all these layers. And that's not what it's about. Um, It's not a diagram to demonstrate and to overwhelm you. um, But it's to demonstrate how much grace and compassion you have to give yourself in this journey. When you realize the weight that you have been carrying. Mm Hmm. We're really good at, you know, Beating ourselves picturing up. the physical weight, but we don't understand just how much, um, how much that emotional weight actually carries. And what I say is after all of these layers, when you're living from a place that's so disconnected from who you are, that's not your state, your natural state of order. It requires great energy to live in that state. When you're living on the outskirts of all of these circles, the majority of people live in a state of worry, fear, and anxiety. Yes. Um, it's not our natural state of order. Yeah. And so what you are essentially doing, my mentor said to me the first time I started working with him, he's like, Sarah, you have to be willing to forget everything you've ever thought about yourself. He's like, not the loving stuff, but you don't have any of those right now. So that's the stuff that we have to work on. And, and that's what the people are so hard on themselves. And we don't realize, you know, why New Year's resolutions fail on January 4th, because we've had so much messaging of I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm inadequate. I'm never going to stick with this. It's not enough. And that requires so much energy, so much weight um, that no wonder 
we are so exhausted. No wonder we can barely function in the world. No wonder, you know, people are just, it's, you're pressing snooze so much because we're actually fueling this story of not enough. It's actually in direct violation of our spirit. Yeah. That requires a great amount of energy. And so like, it's so interesting because so much of what you're saying too, is there's terms in the ADHD space for a lot of this is masking, right? A lot of people will be like, I've been masking my whole life. And so it's like, how can you get to this place where you're starting to take some of those layers off and allow yourself? Because for me, it was crazy when I came to this realization, I think I told you the other day, like when I realized I was still operating from this place of when I have this, then it's going to be like, I can relax and then I can have this. And, you know, I've done a lot of this work and been in the space and there's certain areas where I've really worked on and been great at. And then other places I was like, Oh my God, how did I not see that? But it was almost the sensation of what I felt was this moment of, I don't even know. It was like, my body just like opened up for a second. And it was like a massive level of vulnerability because then it's like, oh, you're in this space. People are going to see me for who I really am because I don't have this stuff, quote unquote, protecting me anymore. Right. So I guess for me, I use like a lot of intuition to just guide me and use my mind. Okay. Like go into a meditation, like, okay, what do I need to do? Right. The other day was weird. Like I had this moment of shame where I was holding and I was like, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes and like go back and redo that moment. And how would I, how would I do it now? Because I know different things now. And it was so crazy because it was like, I almost relived that experience again, but in a more empowering way. And so it almost like ended up giving me my power back. And so yeah, because some people are like deeply, deeply entrenched in this weight of shame because it can be a really heavy and really uh, can be a really heavy emotion, right? So how do we start moving some of this through our body, through our mind, through our soul? Yeah. Um, so yes, this step one, uh, and I mean, it's again, we're, we're human beings that like to think of things in like linear logical form and shame doesn't operate in a linear logical form. But like, Pack in the the love, the grace, and compassion. Um, the second part is actually just being very honest with yourself of the areas in your life in which you feel like you are being disempowered or where your spirit, your soul, or your self-worth is being violated. So I have a woman. Um, she met her soulmate. Uh, she... <laughs> we laugh about it now at the time it wasn't funny um so she meets her soulmate she wants to take things slowly uh she wants to build this foundation she says oh you know they're dating for however many months and then they you know finally decide to seal the deal she's excited uh so they have sex and right after they're looking in each other's eyes they're just holding each other in bed it's very lovely uh she looks into his eyes and he opens his mouth and she's like, oh my gosh, she's going to say these three words that I have been waiting for. I've been feeling, I'm waiting for, you know, I don't want to scare him, but like this, the good stuff. Um, and he grabs a handful of her bottom, of her flesh, and says the words right after sex, we got to get you on a program. We got to beefen up this booty. In her most vulnerable state, she's nude right uh and notice how he did it after the fact he's not saying that before like he's a smart guy <laughs> he waits until after he gets what he wants and in all of her previous relationships there was not um or she, uh, she really struggled to think of one experience in which someone didn't actually have a say 
in whether it was her appearance, um, whether it was her intellect, whether it was words she said, whatever. Um, we had been working together for a period of time that in that moment, it was an automatic response. So happy for her. She said the words, if you ever speak about my, my body that way again, it will be the last time you ever see it. I love that. The relationship did not last <laughs> because he's dealing with his own shame. And so the thing is, uh, is again, what I said, shame has to manifest itself outwards. It manifests itself in either towards herself or towards others, oftentimes both. Um, so for him, yes, he's doing his own shit to himself, but he's harming someone that he actually thought was his soulmate. Um, in previous relationships, she takes that on herself. She says, yeah, I got to beefing up this booty. I got to get to the gym. I got to do this. We're always scanning our environment, looking for evidence of our story, whether mm -hmm. it's one that isn't rooted in self-love or it is. She's oh, finding, she's seeking evidence for, yeah, a reminder of I'm, I'm shitty. I'm not enough. I'm, you know, maybe I'm a little chunky in areas that I, I didn't used to be, whatever it is. Um, and, and unfortunately, and I do some soul sessions, I do work with couples because what we fail to realize is we are both carrying in these massive bags of weight of past shame and guilt and experiences from our past. And those are the two people that are aligning and meeting and being, you know, going into conflict with one another, going into combat with one another. Um, it's it's mirroring each other. Our, yeah, it's very rarely our most empowered self who's dealing with conflict and relationships. It's the one that feels inadequate, feels unworthy, feels shameful, whatever. Wow, that's powerful. Um, and so for him, he was the younger of two brothers. Uh, he had a much, you know, more successful older brother, more financially, was married, had a couple kids. Um, he's getting older, his parents are putting pressure on him. Um, he just doesn't have the same sort of financial, you know, whatever. Um, so his own layers of shame was actually preventing him from showing up in a more loving and compassionate uh, space for his partner. And despite, because again, love isn't enough, contrary to what anyone says, um, even though that they both felt they deeply loved each other, um, that each other was their soulmate, she could not remain in a container in which her self-worth could continue to be questioned every day while she was simultaneously on her journey of stepping into a more empowered state of being. Right. We need the the soil, the plant, the flowers that, you know, it, it can grow on its own, but it needs um, nurturing soil. It needs sun. It needs an appropriate amount of water. And so when you're talking about, again, whether it's um, someone who doesn't see, you know, the, the beauty, someone who quote unquote, you know, ADHD and they're this and they're this and they're not, they don't have focus that, you know, there's incredible powers and gifts in that creativity, um, in that intense focus in the right container, that person can thrive. Mm -hmm. It's in a container that can be celebrated for their beautiful strengths and their power and their capability in the wrong container. Yeah. You're, and I mentioned, uh, you know, I was crying one time when my body was so overwhelmed from, um, working itself to a pulp. When I worked in sports, I went to my boss's office. And I said, I can't, I, I don't know if I can do this. I was crying. He's like, Sarah, if you're not stressed out, you're not working hard enough. And then he follows up by saying, um, if this is how you're reacting and you're crying, uh, you're likely not cut out for sports. Wow. So with that message, right? It's not the right container. Mm -hmm. It's, um, so, it's so interesting because, right? Like to me, it's not even about having necessarily the right container it's just about like how are we just creating our lives in a way that feels fucking good because we're so 
taught to believe that you can you can only do this and you can only do that and this way is the right way and that way is the wrong way and if you can't do it this way then it's just not the right way and so it's like how can we just live our best fucking lives so that we're all shining in this place of like this is what fucking works for me it might not work for you and that's great (laughs) right and it's just so it it really doesn't allow people to shine brighter and create the things that they've always been dreaming of and connecting with that and I I had a thought the other day, like, imagine if we all just woke up and we all just like loved ourselves so fucking much that we all showed up in that way. Our world would be like a totally different place. And we had space for others to be whatever it was that they desired to be. And multi-billion dollar industries would go out of business. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing is when we talk about container, it's not necessarily the physical container of a work environment or a relationship. It's, It's your own mind. Right. Yeah. And so if your mind has received the messaging over time, mm-hmm. it, it is currently a container that doesn't actually see you for who you truly are. Yeah. And I think that's the lesson of all the extra grace and compassion um, is when you realize there are multi-billion dollar industries that are profiting, literally their existence relies on people remaining in a state of disempowerment. That's wild. Right. And so yeah. when you think of that type of messaging in the world, whether, you know, body shaming, it's an entire multi-billion dollar industry. Um, again, it's not knocking on any type of um, liposuction on any type of uh, any type of procedures. It's not. It's it's a deeply, you know, inherent belief system that we're not enough and we will do anything in order. Human beings will do anything to achieve their basic set of human needs, to feel loved, to feel nurtured, to feel validated, to feel enough. Oh, Yeah. And it comes in the craziest ways and you don't realize it. Like even, (laughs) it's so funny because whenever, when I first started my business, I was like, I don't need to work on myself. I don't need a mindset coach. I just need to like, give me the business strategy. (laughs) Red flag number one. (laughs) And then I had my ass ass handed to me. Like when I first started my transformational work, because I was like, oh, okay. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's curating this life because we think that, it's not going to be good enough. And it's just, it's crazy, especially in the ADHD spaces. I have so many people who message me and say, women who will say, oh, I can't be consistent. Or I have two, two weeks of the the month where I'm really productive and then I'm not at all. And I'm like, yeah, because we're taught that it's supposed to look the exact same every day. We're taught that your cycle is bad. And if you feel like you want to relax and you feel like you want to chill out or in the end of your cycle or whatever it's because your period's coming (laughs) you're not supposed to be operating at 100 percent every day and so when we're disconnected from ourselves in that way it's it it does manifest and like oh i can't be consistent but who told you that consistency needs to look like a certain thing consistency of course is not a bad thing but it's like where is the drive for the consistency coming from um And you said something else there that ties back to your original question that I realized I still didn't answer in terms of, okay, those initial ways to start healing. Um, And you, you said something again, just so profound there of there are certain systems, there are structures in place that have told us a certain way of being or living in the world. Um, Any human being that comes to me, we talk about this journey back to healing Mm-hmm. Uh, releasing these layers, whatever it is, the, the journey is about voice, choice, healing, and protection. Voice, um, choice, healing, and protection. Oh, I love yes. that. Yes. Um, so when we start, again, when we get all of these layers out and we've been so disconnected from who we truly are, we lose our voice. We stop mm-hmm. standing up for ourselves. We don't trust ourselves. 
We don't trust ourselves to say, actually, I would love to just work two weeks this month. And is that enough? Wow. Um, actually, my body uh, is telling me it's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly intuitive. One of, you know, the, the strongest or the most powerful strengths a woman has her intuition. It's been yeah. metaphorically beaten out of us and mm-hmm. devalued. So we stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it says, you know, I just need to rest during my cycle and, and that's going to be enough. And I'm going to let that be enough. Um, and so without actually, again, our voice, that's typically what um, makes people. And again, there are external, obviously external systems in play, but the internal parts, this is the internal emotions, shame and guilt that keep us in those unwanted or disempowering situations. I've worked with a handful of women who have experienced um, abuse at the hands of their partners. They cannot mm. walk away for the life of them. It takes great, you know, we, we um, underestimate the size of the problem and we overestimate our ability and we don't give ourselves enough compassion to realize you've been dealing with layers, decades, sometimes generations of belief system of a woman's role in society. Yes. It starts from somewhere. Um, and so until we have our voice back, that's when we can start making choices. So that woman saying, you will not, you will not speak about whether it's my booty, whether it's about a different part of my flesh, anything, you don't get that choice anymore. It, it took incredible strength. Yeah. 100 wedding. She's dripping buckets, you know? Um, and people say, okay, well, it, it's just so hard. And yeah, that's because you're up against, it's like for us to live in the present of our power, our capabilities, our wholeness, it's like if you're looking at a scale, we're dealing with a much heavier 30, 40, however many decades of a certain belief system of who we are. And yeah. so it's how do we, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, not expecting the, the woman to leave the guy, not expecting this to happen right away because mm-hmm. our mind has been told you can't make it on your own. I see yeah. that with a lot of women. I can't, how am I going to provide for my children? without this how am I going to do this 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 because there's been so much messaging beaten into someone's psyche about what they're capable or incapable of doing so it's one thing so going back to that initial point of what are the areas in which I'm violating my spirit I'm not expecting to do a black belt type action of walking (laughs) but what is one little thing it's just one little you know on the path to that um to say you know what not anymore I've seen relationships shift, begin to shift their trajectory with, um, I no longer will allow you to speak to me that way. I love, love that. Because that's what it is, right? It's I think we we look at it and it's like this huge, big thing and it can weigh a lot on us, right? When we have these discoveries, but it's like, yeah, the only way that it's going to change is by having that moment of courage. And to the moment of courage, I think number one is to look at maybe where your shame has been holding you back or where you're holding on to guilt. And then another moment of courage to operate in a different way from what you've been used to. Yes. Right. Challenging every previous story um, or perception you've ever had about yourself. Mm-hmm. I have a woman who, um, you know, when she first came to me, she was hemorrhaging money in her business. Again, she had Google AdWords and Facebook ads and this, that, and she, you know, all of the things. Um, we get down to the root of it. She actually has a mother who does not believe that she can be, her daughter can be a good mother if she has a business. Wow. So um, the more you're focused on money, the worse of a, um, a wife and a mother you'll be. Mm. The more you're focused on money and business, you're greedy, um, you're selfish, Uh, It doesn't matter that the mom actually had a husband who traveled for work, was very successful and had a number of affairs. Mm. The mom is entering into this relationship with shame. 
Right. And with the belief system, again, that money and business, that equates to it destroyed the family unit. Right. So you're a bad mother, uh, you're a bad, you know, whatever, you're greedy, you're selfish. So it doesn't matter what you do. It's like this invisible barrier that is preventing. I know I got to get out there. I know I got to promote. I know I got to do worship. I know I got to do this, 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 but there's an invisible barrier blocking me in our subconscious and or shame. It's not driven by logic. She knows what she has to do. Um, but before we started this work, she didn't realize it was just such a light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, Sarah, like my self-worth and the results of my business are literally dependent on, um, you know, my approval of my mother. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she was up against. And she had to be willing, like you said, questioning, she had to be willing to question and there's no right or wrong answer. I'll never make a decision for someone. I will support them in whatever decision they want to make, but she had to decide um, what matters more to me. Um, this, this path that I'm on of where I feel like I'm contributing to um, healing other individuals um, incredibly successful chiropractor now. Wow. Uh, uh, but she had to give up this idea that, you know, um, cause again, you go back to that story, the stories that we build up over time. Um, she had to be willing to decide a one, um, I'm, I have to give up this notion that I can't be a successful business owner and a good mother mm-hmm. and be actually, even if I do that now, there's an another hurdle of I have to be willing to forego the approval of my mother the most influential female in my life and again human beings will cross any borders even illogical in order to have those basic set of human needs met and that's often what so many of us are up against it's a social survival Mm. cultural familial societal whatever it is of my perception or my worth is based on what someone else thinks yeah I have to and adapt into that adaptation that was formed years ago. Yeah, it's so crazy because when you kind of like have that realization, almost sometimes the realization in itself can be the biggest shifting point and realizing that that's not even how you want to live your life anymore. So sometimes it's not even um, like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes people are looking for this, like how many steps do I need to do? Give me point A, B, C, D, the steps, to, like get rid of my shame. <laughs> right? Right now, steps. It's so not steps. a linear journey. Yeah. Not I a linear. I've had people no. snap out of these soul sessions. Literally. I had one um, woman who she was, she was so ashamed. She fell asleep. I've had a few people actually fall asleep um, who have actually been on um, uh, sleeping pills for years. Um, for the first time, they actually felt the psychological and physical safety. They don't feel safe in their home. Yeah. The the safety where their body just completely relaxed. I said, actually, the soul sessions are even more powerful in that state because it's not your logical linear mind trying to resist everything that I'm saying. It's not trying to say, wait a second, I don't actually believe I'm this worthy and amazing and good. Yes. We have all fun. sorts of excuses. We, we try to hold on to this previous mm-hmm. story. We, there's so mm-hmm. many of us will go to our deathbed trying to protect this idea that we're not good enough it sounds absolutely crazy it's true and I actually met this guy um at a networking event and you know I told him what I did and then he goes oh wow yeah I have ADHD it prevents me from sleeping at night and I was like oh mm -hmm, tell me more about that and he was like well I wake up at you know four in the morning every day and um I'll wake up and have a snack and I try and go back to sleep but like I just can't so I'll sleep for 4 hours and I was like you know that's your body it doesn't feel safe to go to sleep and he his mind was blown he's like what do you mean I was like you have so you're holding so much unhealed trauma in your body that your body actually and your nervous system won't let you go to sleep and he was like 
oh, well, how do you fix that? And I was like, well, you need to start healing some of that. And he was like, the nope. five steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's like, no, I won't do it. He's like, I won't. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot of like shit that I'm, I, I have. And he kind of laughed and he was like, I'm not willing to do that. I was like, well, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Then that's take some sleeping yeah. pills. I guess you're never, it's not like something that you can bypass if you actually want to live a life where you're going to feel fulfilled. And I think that's, you know, something my mentor said to me really early on is the hardest part of your job will be um, knowing that you can help someone and not having the opportunity to do Oh so. my God. Yes. The most painful experience. Right. And <laughs> yeah. he said the two ingredients, because I would come up with all these excuses. Oh, well, what if they say this or what if someone says this or what if someone's going through this or I can't help it. And he's like, so the only two ingredients that you need to be able to support someone is if they have the willingness and the ability. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of human beings who are unwilling. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. Scary, it's it's deep. It's uncomfortable. I always tell people um, my work is not convenient. It is not easy. Um, you know, that I, like I was telling you, I'm down, I do, uh, my, and you know, my weekly work with my own mentor, but I'm down here. Uh, my family thinks I'm absolutely crazy. Uh, I come down to Boston for 30 days every year. It's just like kind of my sabbatical slash pilgrimage of sorts where, um, my, my mentor literally just breaks down my ego essentially. And it's I like, it's that. physical, it's emotional. It's, you know, all of these things. Um, and so the other day we were, or last year, he had me push this massive tire up a hill. It's a massive, you know, push it up 10 times and dripping. So whatever. So I've been working out preparing for this. I was like, yeah, I'm going to show this guy. Right. Um, <laughs> and like well, the weight of the hill and I'm pushing a G, you know, I, he has been doing, and he's, I don't know, 67. He's doing the same thing right alongside. He <laughs> questions everything society has ever told him about what he can or cannot do. And his wife just so, you know, she's such an angel. She, she makes sure as long as he has some food, I don't know what the guy's doing today, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to show this guy. I haven't been able to, you know, get him for seven years. I, I'm always trying to exceed his exit. He's always 17 steps ahead of me. So I get there this time. I was like, I've been really working out, you know, I'm going to be able to push up this hair. No big deal. And he doesn't have it. You know, he's not giving away anything on his face. He's like, yeah, go ahead. And so I start, I get up close to the tire and I can see that he's put in these two massive boulders inside the tire. I'm like, that's fucker. And I look over and he has this little glint in his eye. He's not smiling, not showing any other emotion. He's just like, yeah, like you were saying. And I was like, well, okay, but like, I, you know, I could do this without the, and he's like, why do you even bother coming to Boston if you don't intend on growing? I was like, you know, so yeah, okay. I was like, so seven and a half pushes later um I think I'm gonna vomit and so I'm, I need to go about it he's like yeah just go throw up in the bushes and I was like okay so I get there and he points out something by my foot it's like this long kind of he's like oh my gosh Sarah look out there's a snake and I scream I'm not even that scared of snakes uh there's a kind of context to snake but uh which I won't go into right now but I you know it startles me and immediately in that moment the cold sweats the feeling of sickness, of nausea, nausea, of vomiting, of all of this, all of the, all of the emotion or all of the feeling is just gone. Mm-hmm. He starts laughing. He's like, get in the car. We're, go- we're on to the next exercise. And he knew what I had realized at that point was that there was a complete false fear in that moment that had the power to override any of my emotional state. Wow. I no longer had 
moment. I no longer, there were no cold sweats and the fear wasn't even real. Mm. And it's the same thing that prevents so many people from showing up in the world their way, living, you know, speaking their truth, using their voice. Again, whether it's the bedroom, Um, you know, there's a lot of women who do not experience orgasms. Do we ever, you know, say it? How how many people are saying, no, you know, you'll go down there and you'll finish when the job's, you know, we don't trust our voices. Yeah. It's so interesting. Right. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we have the power to create that belief system. We fail to realize that since, you know, again, our mind is so powerful, we have the ability to, you know, after all of these years, believe this false reality of ourselves. We don't realize or give ourselves the credit that we have the power to override it. Yeah. Yes. I love that because it's really turning it back and already realizing what your power is because you created it. So just create something else. Yeah. Yeah. Willingness, ability. It's yeah, exactly what you said. Um, it, it's not easy. It's not convenient. <laughs> it's, there, there's a toll when there's, you know, decades, like I say, sometimes generations of this stuff that um, lingers. Yeah. So, yeah. Learning to like, especially in my business, like I th- the thing that I love about business so much is that it's just a reflection of everything. Right. And for me, when I was coming to this place and realized I'd overcome all of my symptoms of ADHD immediately, like it probably took me about a year before I actually said what I believed about ADHD. And it was terrifying. And then I stuck my head out a little bit and then I was like, oh, and people really did not like it. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to come back in my hole. Right. But it's like the journey of getting to that place was like letting go of so much. And same with how I was showing up in my business too. It's like, I don't want to um, keep feeling like I have to be on this constant hamster wheel. And so deconditioning I guess the have to go 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 all the time was like so painful like letting go of these things was not an enjoyable experience on the other side is enjoyable but I remember in the moment when I stopped I cried literally every single day so hard for like two weeks I was like I'm fucked my whole life is gonna crumble everything is gonna burn down to the ground and then when I kind of came out I was like oh nothing happened you know but it's yeah it's it's not necessarily easy but it's like on the other side is so much liberation and so much freedom and allowing yourself to let go of those stories and ways that you've been operating from and it's just like a like you create your own prison almost in your own mind and it's like letting that go and again coming back to like the love safety and acceptance creating that within yourself so much and with people who are safe you know for a lot of the time I think in the personal development world people are like oh you just have to love yourself like yes but you also need to receive love from other people who are safe to you and allow yourself to absorb that to see that you can be loved whether you're whatever the story is that you're making up in your mind and exactly to that point um, most people or not most people, there are people that exist in the world that have never actually experienced what loving myself actually looks like. Mm. Oh, 100%. I used to just live in a place of self-loathing. Yeah. 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 Yes. And so that's where we, then we seek the external, um, you know, and, and we don't realize how much that can affect going back to our voice, our choice, our healing and protection. In order to actually heal, we need our voice. We need to be making choices. And only in that state, when we start healing ourselves, then are we in the position to protect ourselves, our kids, the planet, you know, whatever it is. Um, But I see that, you know, with 
deeply powerful, incredible women um, who just, they know deep down, this is not a safe container at home for myself, for my kids, but just, they do not have the voice. It's been, they've been beaten down for so long. Their needs have not been met for so long. Um, They've never felt loved or nurtured growing up. Um, They've never had a, a relationship that actually felt safe. So it's, this is what I will accept and ultimately expect in my life um, because this, you know, I, I should be grateful. Yeah. Um, this, this is the best I can get. Um, and again, it's voice. It goes in that order specifically for a reason because we are unable to p- protect ourselves if we don't have the level of self-trust in our voices and our choices. Wow. I love that. That's so profound. Yeah. It goes in that order. Voice, choice. What did you say? Healing. Healing. Healing protection protection Um, I do a lot of work with uh like I said with teens and their mothers um and I work sometimes it's my greatest honor to get to and I've got a a man and a son before um but it's working with someone who realizes oh my gosh I didn't even realize how deeply entrenched the shame was that was passed on from my mom that I don't even realize you know completely unbiased or completely without even realizing um that I'm passing on to my daughter Mm, generation yeah and I see those layers again um a woman and this isn't though the content is different the context remains the same in a lot of these stories of anorexia bulimia cutting whatever it is um young woman uh just one story off the top of my head um her mom was a famous model uh, at a very young age she learns and she sees and she models this idea that um, a woman's worth is directly linked to her appearance mm-hmm. our world is obsessed with youth staying young uh spoiler alert we're all going to get old and die um, but the world tries to convince us that we, we we will not or we shouldn't um so she receives this this uh messaging over time um it starts with little subtle things like post-it notes in her pantry caloric intake uh second on your lips forever on your hips are you sure you want to eat that um fast forward a couple of years the mom takes the dog or the daughter to the doctor and pulls up her shirt and says you know what do you think like i think she's fat like do you think she's overweight like, yeah she could probably use a few pounds uh you know and so all of this certain messaging mm-hmm. to the point and i'm you know i'm working with whether it's the daughter or the mom then we can realize this is generational and it's yeah. not to point it's not to say something is bad or wrong. Um, that woman learned at a very young age. Again, our society convinces women that their self-worth is intricately linked to their body image and their appearance. So yes. we're all doing the best that we can, but it's how do we continue to release the layers? The sun is always shining. We just have to remove and heal these layers that have told us that it is not. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, she could not protect her own daughter without her own healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Allowing ourselves to move through that and healing is not a comfortable process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But exactly. yeah, exactly. this has been so good. This conversation is just like, it's amazing because yeah, it is honestly the basis of so much. And when we can allow ourselves to really move through, start to question the things that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell ourselves and yeah like is that something that we actually want to be operating from we can we created maybe what you are living in right now you created that you might not like it but you made it so you can make something else right and just moving through that so it's it's been so so good and I just to add on that point 
um, a lot of, you know, a lot of us have experienced um, every single human for that matter ha- have experienced, whether it's betrayal, mm-hmm. um, it could be heartbreak, it could be abuse, it could be um, traumatic experiences. So it's not yeah. to say that, um, again, we've created that it's to say that we can't control what's in the past. All we can control is what is the version um, or the accurate truth of ourselves that we are choosing to live with moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have so much power with inside of us, like so much. And I think it's, it's so good to hear that from your work. Like anybody can be impacted by allowing themselves to realize that they have more with inside of them. Yeah. 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 And there is no human being. I do not believe that any human being is born um, defective, born by accident, born unworthy, anything. Um, again, it's just like everything that your work is about it. Society has determined what is normal versus not. Therefore, mm-hmm. what is enough versus what is not. What yeah. needs to be fixed. I do not believe that any human being needs to be fixed or is wrong mm-hmm. or bad or broken. Um, we're just so disconnected from actually, again, at that core, that core essence, it's power, it's capability, it's wholeness, it's unconditional love and compassion. And if you know, I, I say world wars, everything from infidelity, every harmful, hateful and hurtful act begins with shame. Um, World War II was literally created because of the self-esteem lost following World War I, following the Versailles Treaty for an entire nation in Germany. With one man deciding that, you know, their self-esteem was lost, they went to war. Mm -hmm. And so if we just realize what would change if the entire world, you know, they were focusing on healing those, their own layers of unworthiness, of inadequacy, of shame, of guilt, of everything else, we could fundamentally shift the trajectory of what health looks like on this planet oh goes yeah. back to that there's a lot of people <laughs> that are not willing oh no there's nothing wrong with me yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> oh it's so funny it's so yeah. good i could literally talk about this stuff literally for all day I taking you over yeah but i love this conversation yeah, yeah. you ever want me back um i am here so down for it. So I'm curious to know, you've mentioned these soul sessions a few times. Tell us what they are. I'm so interested. Yeah. I mean, they're different for every single human being. It's completely dependent on, again, their age. I, sometimes it's couples. Sometimes it's, you know, I, I've done a back-to-back with a mother and a daughter, that sort of thing. So it's completely dependent on the individual. Nothing is the same. No experience is the same. Um, but yeah, we kick off at 7 a.m. people people fly out to Victoria, or if it's mothers, business owners who have not had, um, or do not maybe have the, the amount of time, um, they will have me go to them. So all of my programs uh, kick off their year long programs. Um, and they kick off with one of these uh, in person days, that's where I find we get to the absolute root of actually what is driving our subconscious, every act, every, um, you know, our behavior, our action, our, our thoughts. Um, and we get, you know, that that's where the foundation is built for our work together. Uh, so if anyone is interested in learning more, um, I have a question on my website. It usually sends about 50% of the people running. Um, just said some, <laughs> some hard-hitting questions. Uh, you know, we do not keep things surface level around here. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, fill it out. It's, it's asking you to expose yourself in uncomfortable ways. Um, and then we figure out which, uh, what's the option that works best. Um, 
again, I operate in a very different model, I think, than a lot of other, that's why I made up my own word, my own industry. Um, it's not coaching, it's schmealing, um, is because I'm in someone's corner seven days a week. So it's, yes, we have our weekly touch um, touch point, um, but the second the shame spiral start, the second people are on the verge of making very challenging and courageous decisions or having courageous conversations or whatever it is, um, I'm in their corner and, and a phone call away because there have been decades, like I said, years, whatever else, um, going back to what you asked, how do we begin to release after a repetition of so many of these false and accurate stories about ourselves, it takes repetition mm -hmm. of a new way of thinking a new understanding of deeply of how deeply powerful you are, um, mm -hmm. to actually start to believe it. Just like you said, you can read a book about confidence and become confident. Um, it's questioning everything you've previously thought about yourself and then making those small, you know, little actions or little conversations, um, no matter how uncomfortable it may be. Oh, and it feels so good. Like stepping into that. I know for me, like I've, I always used to hang on to the story that oh, I was terrible at communicating because I just never had it modeled. And then I started doing it. And as soon as you start communicating, it's like, oh shit, like it feels so powerful. It feels so good. But leading up to the moment of it is like, you want to vomit. You're terrified. Yeah. <laughs> All the yeah. things, but it's yeah. like, just providing that one piece of evidence now that you can hang on to after you have that conversation or do that thing or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that momentum, then it's a new story that starts to get formed. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it no longer becomes, okay, well, this is just a pipe dream or I've never seen myself or witnessed that, you know, you're a beautiful speaker, right. You can tell that the second I started talking to you, um, but whatever, you know, things that prevent you, then it took that one time with you, pushing yourself the same thing with me and speaking it takes one time and then and maybe it, it doesn't necessarily ever get perfectly easy and flawless but what happens is you become even more powerful that the things that used to be able to control you or had power over you no longer do mm -hmm. yeah I love that Oh my gosh. It's been amazing. I'm going to put all of your details in the show notes here. So if you guys are listening, honestly, go follow. Where do you live on Instagram? Not really. I know you said you're not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm offline. I mean, I'm there. You can okay. find, but, uh, I'll put your, web, I'll put your website. Yeah. yeah. You can see my website. I'm rarely, I'm kind of off the grid. Um, but it's sarahlajeunesse.com. Again, they can fill out that questionnaire. Um, there's a free 30 minute call we'll have uh, to discuss. Um, and then, yeah, I have Instagram, Facebook, but website is where you can reach me. Yeah. I love this. I'm so keen on one of your soul sessions. It sounds freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You won't be saying that if you're in it, but <laughs> 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 and that's the point. We get down to the dirty, the dirty work. We're yeah. in the trenches. We're the yeah, magic I had, I had a guy, uh, he, he was in the military. He showed up in like full military gear for one. It was the funniest thing. I wish I took a photo. He's like, Sarah, I'm ready to go into battle. <laughs> I was like, I love this. Yes. He's like, again, for men, especially when I do so much work with men, yeah. it, it's the physical stuff that's easy. It's a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. The emotional stuff, there's been very, and that's one of the number one a things. Lot of conditioning. I yeah. Even in romantic relationships, there isn't a whole lot of psychological safety. Society yes. has you know, celebrates, um, you know, tough men and don't be weak, don't be vulnerable, whatever. Uh, it's, it's no wonder why, you know, a lot of the, um, heartache that exists in the, or, you know, uh, that's a separate, so I won't go down that. <laughs> <laughs> 
a lot of uh, whether it's school shootings it's it's there it's predominantly more males there's a reason why we um why there's yeah there's a lot of pain um and suffering that we do not create safe containers or spaces for men to heal oh yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah another podcast for another day stop me there (laughs) (laughs) oh it's been so good amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast I am so grateful for your time and just like sharing all of your amazing wisdom and I hope the audience gets so many good things honestly you guys should go back and listen to this a second time write a bunch of notes answer all the (laughs) questions um so yeah I can't thank you enough for coming on thank you so much Emery it's been so fun you're amazing amazing thank you so much we'll see you guys later and that my friends is a fucking wrap on the episode today i am so grateful to have you here i appreciate you so much you honestly have no idea i would love nothing more if you could leave me a five-star review go over and find me on freaking instagram because i'm keeping it real over there and we are diving into anything and everything over there it's going to be funny some really outrageous shit that i'm doing behind the scenes and just all the things. So I hope you have the most beautiful fucking day ever, and I will see you in the next episode.